0: The it's the 35th pick. It's the 80th round for last. Nick Chubb running back. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Draft Film Room podcast. I am your host, Jacob. You can check me out uh, on Twitter at Roachism13, R-O-A-C-H-I-Z-M-1-3. If you want to connect with me on that platform, you can email the podcast directly at DraftFilmRoomNFL at gmail.com. If you want to tell me if we're doing good, we're doing bad, whatever it is (laughs) you want to comment about the show, you can do so there. I'm really excited this week. We originally were going to do our top five defensive tackles, but uh, uh, trying to hook up with Ryan Roberts and at, who's at Rise In Draft uh, on Twitter, had some scheduling issues. We're going to do that show next week. So today we're going to do my first full round mock draft of the podcast. I've done one on Twitter this year, uh, and I've done a few that I've never really publicized or whatever. Um, but we're going to do that here today. And uh, recently I did write up a full seven round Atlanta Falcons mock draft. You can find that at uh, with the thefirstpick.com if you want to go over there and check that out. So <clears throat> let's get to it, guys. Um, I'm really intrigued at the top of this draft with the Carolina, Carolina Panthers. It's their pick, uh, but uh, I'm really in, interested to see what the Bears do. Um, I'm starting to kind of lean towards I'm not sure that they're going to go quarterback. I'm not sure that Caleb Williams – goes to Chicago, I'm pretty confident Caleb Williams will probably still go number one overall. But if he does go number one overall, I think it's going to be to a different team. And so for this mock draft version 1.0, I'm going to get a little bit uh, different, not spicy, not crazy. And I'm going to go ahead and assume that the Chicago Bears are not going to go into this draft. Uh, looking for a quarterback and that they're going to find try to find a way to build around Justin Fields and put him in a position to succeed due to some of the highs and some of the flashes that you've seen of him this year uh, with Chicago that has not had that great of a supporting cast. So as a result with that, I look here and I think, okay, so Chicago, Arizona, your top five is Chicago, Arizona, the Commanders, the Patriots, the Giants. I'm pretty confident that three through five, Washington, New England, and uh, the Giants are all wanting a quarterback here. Um, I think there's only two that'll go in the top 10, Caleb Williams and Drake May. I do really love Jaden Daniels. Um, I think he might go in the top 10, like at the tail end, but not necessarily the top five. Um, So what it comes down to me right here is I don't know what Arizona's going to do. Arizona to me, especially now that they're at the number two spot, that's where it gets really weird, really interesting. But I wanted for this draft to not give Chicago a quarterback and just see how that affected the rest of the first round. So for me, first thing I'm going to do, I'm using the PFF mock draft simulator. So if you want to check that out, uh, I highly recommend it. I think it's a really good simulator, really good board rankings and stuff that line up uh, very closely with some of the rankings that I've done on this show and some of the rankings that I'll be doing on this show in the coming weeks. Um, But it'll also offer you some trades. So I'm going to see what trades are being offered. And as I said, Washington, New England, and New York are all interested in the number one overall pick. Several other teams interested in the number one overall pick, uh, including Atlanta and New Orleans, who are 10 and 11. But I really think that if Bill Belichick remains in New England he is going to try to go out. He wants that record. He wants to be the most winningest coach of all time. And if he's going to do that, he's got to figure out quarterback. And I'm actually going to be crazy and probably people are going to hate this, but I think New England trades up to number one to try to get that quarterback. So let's see what that would look like. So the Bears would be giving up number one overall. New England's going to give number four. They're definitely going to have to give up numbers 36, which is their second round pick. And I would assume probably a second round pick next year to move up. Um, so picks four and 36 in this year's draft in 2025's Second overall to go from four to one. I'm going to offer that trade. It was accepted. New England is on the block or on the block on the clock. And I'm gonna give him Drake, uh, Caleb Williams, man. Like I know there's been some Caleb Williams discourse lately and some up and down, like, what are they actually going to do? Like, um, did he hurt his stock this year? I don't think he hurt his stock this year. I just don't think he really helped it. Uh, I think he's still the clear cut, number one. And I don't really think it's particularly close. And But I do like Drake May a lot. Here we come to Arizona. Even when they were picking number three, I was still pretty sure it's Marvin Harrison. I don't think they're going to walk away from um, Kyler Murray. I think he's had some good moments here. Um, you have... Jonathan Gannon out there with uh, Drew Petzing, and I think they've kind of tried to make the most of what they have but they really don't have a great wide receiver and I do think there's a good chance that they think they can pair a guy like Marvin Harrison with um, Kyler Murray just because he's just such a freak um, Marvin Harrison and and so I think that's where I'll go number two is with Marvin Harrison Jr. um, to the Arizona Cardinals this is where it gets interesting to me Washington, for the longest time, I did not think was going to take a quarterback. Even though I don't love Sam Howell, some of the things they were able to do at times this year with Eric Bien-Aimé, um, I thought, well, maybe they'll just try to build around him, um, which is what a lot of teams should do, e- even when they don't. But um, I, I, I just I felt like it was going to be, now they've benched Sam Howell. Now these last two games, which is interesting that you would try to bench someone Uh, for a better player when you're already like at the number three overall pick and you're going to potentially lose some drafts positioning by thinking you're going to go to a quarterback that's a more proven guy like Jacoby Brissett. And I I don't know. I just find that kind of interesting that they waited to this point. But in the end, uh, they're sitting here sitting pretty at three Um, there's a chance someone like the Giants or the Falcons or something come up and leapfrog them and get the Cardinals number two overall pick. Um, But in this situation, it didn't happen. So Drake May is going to go three um, to the Washington Commanders. Dude can absolutely sling it. All right, moving on to the fourth pick. Chicago is now back on the clock. This is where it gets interesting. I don't think they want to make a change at tackle. I think they're pretty confident in the tackles that they have. They don't really – have any concerns there. Uh, overall, in my mind, um, I think you could get a Joe Alt. You could get Olu Fashano because I think Olu Fashano is a blue chip. I think Alt and Olu Fashano are blue chip players. They legitimately think those are going to be at least average starters in the NFL. I think they'll be better than that, but I think they'll, they have a very high floor. Uh, Fashano has a higher ceiling, but I do think Alt has a higher floor. I don't think the Bears go that direction. So you sit here and you say, well, what do you need to help out your quarterback? And Malik Neighbors is sitting there. And man, does it sound crazy to take two wide receivers in the top four, but Marvin Harrison is a blue chip generational style player. And I think Malik neighbors is not that far behind him. I think he is the best separator in this class. And I think you pair him with DJ Moore, And I think even if they move on, maybe, maybe pick eight, they take a quarterback or something like that. But if you, put those two together and they got Cole Komet at tight end. I think it's a pretty good group there. And I think whoever the quarterback is can find some success with those guys on board. So number four, I'm going to take Malik neighbors for the Chicago bears. All right, guys, we're moving on to pick number five, which is interesting. The giants are on the clock here. So what do you do at pick five? If you're the giants with Drake may Malik neighbors, Marvin Harrison, and Caleb Williams, all off the board. I don't think you go necessarily Brock Bowers. You already have Darren Waller on the roster. It's, I think Brock Bowers is a better blocker than Darren Waller, but um, I don't know what they're going to look at that way. They could use some offensive line help, um, especially on the right side. Evan Neal really hasn't lived up to the bill yet, but you have Andrew Thomas on the other side. And I'm just I'm looking at him, trying to figure out, I think there's no wide receivers or quarterbacks in this spot that make the most sense for them. I just don't know if they'll go with one of the tackles. Um, But in the end, one thing that kind of sticks out for me is they could use some more defensive line help. And I think Leitu, Latu, even though you're afraid of maybe that neck injury and what it means, I think he makes a lot of sense to go with Aziz Ojolari and kind of really putting this team in a much better spot when it comes to pass rush on the defensive side of the ball, which they could really use. Cause I think their defensive backs are good enough, but I don't think they generate enough pressure. Um, I, I, wrote up a mock that for the Giants where I took Malik league at number five. Uh, so it's interesting that I would end up sitting here having taken them at four for this podcast. But in the end, I think I'm going to go to Latu, the pass rusher from UCLA. And I know he has those neck injuries that terrify you, but this guy is just an absolute relentless motor, a ton of production in college. And he just does not stop playing at any point. So I'll take Liatu. Liatu. Liatu I know his name's, last name's Liatu. I'm sorry. The edge rusher from UCLA to uh, five to the Giants. I think it might be a little bit high, but I'm cool with it. It's interesting though, to get to this point in having not taken one of the offensive tackles, um, not taking Fashanu, not taking Joe Walt. I usually don't get this far in the draft without that. So it's a very interesting thing with the Chargers. Um I think this one's easy for me. I think it's Brock Bowers at the Chargers. I think you're looking at a team that needs some wide receiver help, but I think it's a little early on Quentin Johnston as a rookie. I know he's been bad. He's been real bad, but I think you still have him, you still have Keenan Allen, you still have Mike Williams. Like you have guys that can play. I think you need another weapon. And I think Brock Bowers will help um, in both facets of the game because I think he's a really good run blocker. And so, in the end, I know you get fear of Kyle Pitts, but I think Brock Bowers is a more, far more complete player than Kyle Pitts was coming out of college. And I'll send him to the to the uh, Chargers at six, and the fall ends because no matter what at number seven, when the Titans come on the board, they're taking an offensive lineman. So for me, that's easy. You take of Shano um, and you lock down that left side of that line for the next decade. Moving on to the Bears again at number eight, we went wide receiver. We went Malik Neighbors at number five. Um, I really uh liked potentially getting Latu for them coming down at eight, but I took him number five. Um, and this is what I want to do. I'm very excited to make this pick. I'm going to take uh, Jarzan Newton, the defensive tackle from Illinois. This dude's relentless, man. Um, he might be the best pure overall um, uh, defensive line prospect. He's just, he got better this year after a crazy year last year. He had eight sacks, seven hits, 28 hurries, and two batted passes this year. 2022, he had four sacks, 19 hits, 36 hurries, and three batted passes. Didn't really play much in 2021. His run stop rate was a uh, 7.4%. His pass rush win rate was a 15.5%, all elite grades across the board. And you put him next to Montez Sweat in that defensive line in Chicago. And, (laughs) oh, buddy. That is a fun, fun thought. We move to the Jets who are on the clock here at number nine. Same thing I think uh, about the Titans is true about the Jets. I think they go offensive line. Um, as I said earlier, I think Fashano has a higher ceiling, but I think Joe Alt has a higher floor. And uh, the tackle from Notre Dame, um, I think, again, just like taking Fashano for the Titans, you take Joe Alt here, and you feel good about him for the next decade on the left side. Especially with Aaron Rodgers coming back next year, you put him in a much better uh, offensive line, and he can really start to deal with some of the weapons they have there. So Joe Alt, number nine, to the Jets. Now we're here on the clock. Number 10, as the Atlanta Falcons, Um, they can't run it back with Desmond Ritter. I don't think they can run it back with Taylor Heineke. I'm not crazy about anything that they got going on on that offense uh, in the quarterback room, and I'm a lot higher on this guy than some people are, but I have a really fun Time thinking about LSU's Heisman winning quarterback, Jaden Daniels, in that system with a guy like Drake London. Maybe he can figure some things out with Kyle Pitts. This is an incredibly deep wide receiver class. I know they need some help there, but I would worry about that in the second and the third round because these wide receivers are very good across the board. So, Jaden Daniels, the quarterback from LSU, for me would be a lot of fun thinking about him playing for the Falcons and Arthur Smith in 2024. The, foul, uh, the Saints are on the clock here at number eleven. Uh, it's a very interesting position. They could use some help along the defensive line. Um, and sorry, zoned out for a second. They could use a lot of help on the defensive line. And you know, you've got a couple edge rushers up here: Jared Verse, Chop Robinson, Dallas Turner. For me, Jared Verse is the number two. My number two edge makes a lot of sense here uh, for for what New Orleans likes to do down there. Um, he, he lines up, sometimes he lines over the tackle a couple times. He's been in the B gap, um, true pass set pass rush grade for Jared versus year was a 90.4. He had a ridiculous, uh, pass rush win rate of 20.8%. And he still had a pretty good run stop rate at 6.6%. Um, 11 sacks, 14, hur- 14 hits, 35 hurries, two batted passes. Um, you know, he took a, he's a little bit of an older prospect, took a little bit longer to get going. Uh, he's 23, a redshirt junior, 6'4, 206 pounds. Best uh, edge rusher still left on the back board for me after Law 2. So let's try to shore up that New Orleans Saints pass rush. Green Bay's on the clock. They could use a running back. They could use a tackle. They could use a defensive ta- uh, uh, offensive tackle and a defensive tackle. They could use both. Um, I don't think any of these running backs are worthy of a first round grade. I don't think any of the defensive tackles are worthy of a first round grade outside of. Um, Jerzon Newton, who's already off the board in this situation. So I come here and I think about, okay, what about a tackle? Um, I really, really like. This is what's interesting about this. You have the two tackles at the top of this draft, and then it's mostly right tackles, which is really interesting to me because I don't know that we see that that often. Because your next three, and I have three more tackles in my mind that are first-round prospects. And even Graham Barton, who some think will play guard um, from Duke, is probably a first round guy anyway. But you look at Talis Fuaga at Oregon State, JC Latham from Alabama, and Amarius Mims from Georgia, they're all right tackles. And I think that's just fascinating to me. But um, they could use help at either tackle, and you can move one of these tackles to a different position if you feel that's necessary. But in the in the end, for me, my next uh, tackle on the board is J.C. Latham, the right tackle from Alabama. And I think it makes sense over there because I think jo- a, a better protection um, and a more stable offensive line, and I think J., uh, Jordan Love can actually be a pretty good starter. I like what he's done this year. So give me J.C. Latham, the tackle from Alabama for the Packers. But back on the board... With the Las Vegas Raiders, um, I really hope they give uh, Pierce that job full-time. I think he's done a great job uh, since taking over for um, Josh McDaniels, and I think that it would be really interesting to see give him a chance to really take control of this team for a whole offseason and all of that stuff because, you know, they're winning with him. But they have a lot of needs. Um, The first and foremost is, is the quarterback position. I just don't know if I want to take one of these other guys, Bo Nix, Michael Penix, JJ McCarthy, these guys, I'm not sure. I also think you could potentially get one of those guys in the second. So you kind of have to go back and forth when you are kind of thinking about that. So um, one thing that I do come back to is they could use offensive line help. I think this is a really nice offensive line draft. I don't think you want to mess around, though. And I think um, taking another tackle, the right tackle, Tyrese Fulaga from Oregon State, I think he matches up pretty well. Uh, I think it would really help them. And uh, you could double down on a quarterback later, or you could run it back with Aiden O'Connell behind a better offensive line. So in the end, I'll take Fuwaga, the right tackle from Morgan State for the pa- the Raiders at 13. Broncos on the clock. They just benched, right before recording this, benched uh, Russell Wilson. So who really knows what's going to happen at that position? It's, uh, I don't know. I just, that's a really weird situation. Maybe they go quarterback here uh, and they go for a quarterback that um, has Sean Payton's vote of confidence. But I don't really know. I mean, outside of that, they could use another wide receiver. Uh, Some corner help would be nice uh, to pair with Patrick Sertan. They could get another edge rusher. I think edge rusher might be their biggest need. Um, And the next guy I have on my board that has a really high floor, Uh, I like Chop Robinson a lot, but I think Dallas Turner, I think Chop Robinson is really boomer bust. He has a lot of really great physical tools, but he's going to need developed before he is ever ready to play. Uh, And I just think Dallas Turner is a safer pick here at pick 14. And uh, I'm going to send the edge rusher from Alabama, Dallas Turner to the Broncos at 14. As we keep moving along here, we're about halfway through this draft. We're at the Vikings at 15 and, um, you know, more of the same. Uh, I think really the biggest thing is I don't think they have a lot of defensive backs that really make a lot of sense for them. Um, They could use help at any one of those defensive backfields, And that really brings me, and, and what I mean by that, any of those is I do believe they could use help at safety in the slot and on the outside. And that brings me to a guy that I'm really high on in this draft. It's Cooper DeGene, the, the defensive back from Iowa. Um, this year he, he played 630 snaps. As an outside corner, 23 in the box, 23 in the slot, and he played even a snap deep. I think he can play all over, you know, in the slot on the outside. I think he can even play deep if you really want him to. Um, had five interceptions last year, two this year. He had two, he took two back to the house in 2022. Uh passer rating allowed was 49.7 last year. He allowed a 37.8 passer rating this year uh in the Big Ten. And he also grades pretty well. Um as a run defender and only allowed a 43.5% completion percentage when he was targeted, he can move all over the field. Um, so you don't have to kind of pigeonhole your defensive back. If you're Minnesota, you go out and you take Cooper DeGene and you play all over the field. And I love versatile players like that. We're back in the clock for the second time for the Atlanta or the uh, Houston Cardinal. Arizona Cardinals. Sorry about that. Uh, The Arizona Cardinals are on the board for the second time at pick 16. Their pick from uh, from the Houston Texans, they took Marvin Harrison at pick two. Um, Again, could use some offensive line help. Very interesting thing, thinking about this, because you have Paris Johnson Jr. over at right tackle. And I really thought about taking Olu Fushan over the first time at left tackle and really putting them in a position that they have two really talented young tackles uh, for Kyler Murray. And, you know, I, I thought that was kind of a, a fun way to go. So I will look at the offensive tackles. And, you know, you've got a Marius Mims, you've got Graham Barton, who played left tackle. Um, and in the end, I think I'm going to lean Graham Barton. Uh, the left tackle from Duke. I like Amarius Mims, but he is a right tackle. Now you could move Paris Johnson back to left tackle, the position he played in college. Um, but in the end, I think once you move a guy in the in the pros, I like to stick him there. I know it worked. Um, oh, I can't even think of his name now. In in Tampa Bay the right tackle, and they moved them to the left, and it worked this year, but I don't think it works all the time to move people all over the place, but uh, I think getting another tackle and having two really young, talented tackles like Graham Barton and Paris Johnson Jr. puts them in a good spot, so I'll take Graham Barton Barton for the uh, Arizona Cardinals at 16. It's been a little bit of a a struggle for me today. Making some of my words make sense, has not it? All right, so we're on the clock with the Steelers. As a Browns fan, I want to pick somebody that uh, isn't very good, but I'm not going to do that. (laughs) So on the clock, uh, you know, linebacker has been a big problem for them this year in terms of they've just been decimated by injuries. Um, I'm not really high on many of these linebackers, and I'm not really high on taking one at pick 17 in the first round but adding someone like Kool-Aid McKinstry, the corner from Alabama, makes a lot of sense because they need defensive back help. I think Joey, Joey Porter Jr. has really kind of started to to step up in the in this situation, so I think he makes sense there um, to go Kool-Aid McKintry, McKinstry from uh, the corner out of Alabama, uh, but no, no, but wait. I'm actually going to pivot here. I think the frustration with George Pickens is going to start bubbling over. And I have a player here on the board in Roman Dunsay, the wide receiver from uh, Washington, that is a top 10 player in my mind. It just has not lined up for him to go before then. So I'm going to pivot and I'm going to say they are getting tired of George Pickens. They need to figure something else out because I think they're going to still run at it again with Kenny Pickett potentially. So I'm going to pivot, throw a wild card out there, and send Roman Dunsay, the wide receiver from Washington, to the steelers now and another afc north team the Bengals are on the clock um again to me it this one's an easy one um Mims is still on the board um marius Mims, the right tackle from georgia is still on the board he hasn't allowed a sack in his collegiate career um he's had some injuries and some things of that nature he's never played more than 383 snaps in his three years at Georgia, but he's got a really great athletic profile. I think he fits that offense really well, and they've got to finish. They've got to really, really get this line right for Joe Burrow. So Marius Mims, the right tackle from Georgia to the Bengals at 18. We're at pick number 19. We've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the clock. I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to re-sign Baker Mayfield. I do believe he will end up being their quarterback there long-term. they got a lot of things that are going on over there. They've got a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. Um, This is where I'm actually going to go chop Robinson, the uh, edge rusher from Penn State. I just think he's got a ton of upside. Um, I like that defensive coaching staff down there in Tampa Bay, and I think they're kind of the group that could – get the most out of a guy like chop uh, who just, he's just a freakish athlete, but he's just such a raw prospect. But uh, I like betting on freak athletes. Uh, he needs to add some size and work on his hand placement, but I think he has the right coaching staff in place in Tampa. If he was to go there, that he could really become the player that I think we see flashes of at Penn state. So chop Robinson will go to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers number 19 on the clock. The Indianapolis Colts. For me, this one is not even a question. They've got to get more wide receiver help. Um, You go all over the place here. A bunch of different guys you could go because this is just such a freakish uh, group. But I think the way I lean is I look at the quarterback situation. I look at Anthony Richardson, who has just a rocket of an arm. And that makes me think of Brian Thomas Jr., uh, from LSU, I think he's a guy that can really stretch the field. Um, he, let me see if I can. I want to pull this up real quick for you guys. Uh, it's 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 funny when you see a pair of teammates kind of go. Um, I'm sorry, I wasn't. I didn't mean Brian Thomas Jr. I looked at the wrong one, the LSU one. Devontae Walker is a guy for me that makes a lot of sense here uh, because when I, when I look at what they have going on there with Michael Pittman and that sort of thing, uh, I'm just trying to figure out like what makes most sense here. And do you want to take the, you know, do you want to take the speedster Troy Franklin, Devontae Walker and Brian Thomas have really good speed too. You have led McConkie, have a Mecca, Buka Keon Coleman's a big play waiting to happen. Adonai Mitchell, uh from Texas, if you're worthy, can fly. You know, there's all these guys up here. But for me, um, I'm going to go with. I'm sorry, I'm being very scatterbrained, but these wide receiver prospects. Troy Franklin is the fastest still left on the board. That's what I want to do. I want the deep, deep play, deep threat for the Colts. Mixed up my note, notes there and I started talking, and I was like, oh, nope, that's not what I meant. Seattle's on the board at 21. Um, Braylon Trice, the edge rusher from Washington feels like a Seattle Seahawk. I think he's potentially the best run defender in this class in this edge class. I think he needs to develop a little bit more as a pass rusher, but he had nine sacks last year, six sacks this year. This year was really good, really good. Six, six sacks, 15 hits, 49 hurries, and one batted pass. He plays a little inside-outside. From time to time, they'll slide him inside. It, mostly he plays outside, but a pass-rush win, win rate of 16.6%, a run-stop rate of 6.1%. Um, I just think he's this bigger, bulkier, stronger player, and I think he's really good against the run. I think I was more impressed with him as a run block, run defender than an uh, edge rusher, but he's a very good edge rusher, and he just feels like a Seattle Seahawks. So I, I'm going to take Braylon Trice at 21. On the clock, Jacksonville, um, this is a great spot for Kool-Aid Street. They've got to figure something out in that secondary. Um, I think their front seven is not terrible, but they just don't have enough defensive backs um, to make it a deep playoff run. And Kool-Aid McKinstry is the best tight end or cornerback from Alabama. He's the best one corner I have left on the board, although Terran Arnold, his teammate, is very close to him. So you could pick one of them or even take Nate Wiggins, but it feels like Kool-Aid McKinstry makes the most sense there. He's highest rated on my board at the position. The Rams on the clock at 23. Man, this is interesting. Man, it's interesting to talk about the Rams on the clock at 23. They could use offensive line help. They could use some on the defensive line, defensive backs, quarterbacks. I think they start preparing for life after Matt Stafford. And what you look at there is, I think it's Bo Nix. I have Bo Nix on the board as my highest quarterback still here. I don't know if they'll go this way or not, but I think – uh, bringing Bo Nix in ton of experience um, has played in a couple of different style of offenses. And he feels like a great Sean Payton guy where he likes to make his living at from the pocket, but he can make some moves on the ground. He threw for 4,000 yards this year, 77% completion percentage. He had a um, adjusted completion percentage of 84.6%. He had an 89.2 grade under pressure. He reminds me of a more athletic version of Matt Stafford. He doesn't have as big of an arm as Matt Stafford, but in terms of a processor and seeing the field, he throws three picks to 40 touchdowns. So I think that Bo Nix could really line up with Sean McVay and make a lot of sense. And he'll be the fourth quarterback off the board in the first round. He'll go 23 to the LA Rams. Back on the clock with the Buffalo Bills. I want to take a wide receiver here because I think they need wide receiver help outside of Stefan Diggs. It makes a lot of sense to take a wide receiver here, but I'm sick of the offensive line that they've got going on over there. Uh, It's very frustrating to me um, the way they've gone. And I think a guy like the Jordan Morgan, the left tackle from, Arizona makes just too much sense Uh, two sacks this year one sack last year struggled a little bit in 2021 his first year as a starter but pass block rate of 87.7 they're going to throw the ball over the place I think Jordan Morgan's one of the better run I'm sorry pass blocking offensive linemen in this class you gotta I want to get some help but for uh, Josh Allen in terms of wide receivers. But I think, again, this is a very deep class, and as a result, I would rather shore up the offensive line earlier and take one of the better players because I don't think there's as much of a drop-off from like a guy like, um, like uh, Devontae Walker, who would be probably the number one wide receiver on the board at this point when they're on the board at 24. I don't think there's a huge drop-off between him and, say, Ladd McConkey, Emeka Abuka, and these guys that are going to be there probably in the tail end of the first round. But in the end, that's where I'm going to go. Give me a left tackle up there in Buffalo. On the clock, we got the Kansas City Chiefs. Take your pick. But please, please pick a wide receiver. Please help Patty Mahomes. Um, I'll take Devontae Walker. It's him or Brian Thomas for me. They're splitting hairs there. Uh, But in the win, I'll take Devontae Walker, the wide receiver from North Carolina, and hope that Patty Mahomes can work some more magic with a better wide receiver core. The Cowboys are on the board. Um, For them, there's been some injury concerns at corner. Um, I really like kind of lean safety for them. I think it's a bigger need. Uh, than than just a traditional corner, but Nate Wiggins is still on the board. Um, I like him a lot, the Clemson uh, defensive back, and really they they could use some more help around there with some injuries that kind of hurt them at corner this year. So I'm actually I'm going to do it. I'm going to take the Clemson uh, corner, Nate Wiggins for for them in the 26. All right, we're in the tail end of the first round of version one of our draft. I'm very much hope, hoping you guys enjoyed this. I'm having a good time. The Tans the Houston, Texas are back on the clock, and I think it's got to be a wide receiver again. Just like I thought with Kansas City, um, I think Brian Thomas Jr. Um, could be a really nice complement to a guy like Tank Dell. Um, he's, you know, 6'4", 205, so he's not an enormous guy, but any stretch of the imagination, but he has a pretty good, you know, contested Catch rate of 58.3, and he can do some things that Tank Dell uh, can't do that Nico Collins kind of can do. But, you know, I just think he's uh, the best wide receiver on the board And Brian Thomas. Give C.J. Stroud more weapons and compete for pl- the playoffs in a serious manner in 2024. You got the division-winning Detroit Lions at 28. That's awesome. That's awesome. Another guy, another team that could use an interior. I love Leonard Taylor, the third, the defensive uh, tackle. He's not my number one defensive tackle on the board here, but... I think his fit is really good there. They have other pass rushers, and Leonard Taylor, I think, is an amazing run blocking defensive tackle. I think he's the best one that you're going to find. He's not the best pass rusher from the interior, but they love to play, you know, that gritty, hard fought football. And I think Leonard Taylor just matches that Dan Campbell kind of. Uh, Uh, mantra. He, that mold that Campbell looks for on the defense. And I think Leonard Taylor, the defensive tackle from Miami, Florida makes uh, a way too much sense for the lions back on the board. It is the Miami dolphins and they could use some help on that offensive line. And if you go looking through the rankings, what's going on still here? Trey Font, Troy Fountain, Fontenot is there at left tackle. I'm not sure they'll go on the left side, just just because they're, you know, they've got Aaron Armstead down there and um, that kind of thing. Um, I don't know that there's really any interior guys that I like a ton. Um, looking at it on the board here. Cause I don't really think they'll go that. Man, that's interesting. Hmm. They could use tight end help. I don't really know that there's a lot of tight end help here. That's available on the board. Hmm. And they're a tricky team. In the end, uh, let's give. Them, we'll give them Troy F- Fontenot, the left tackle from Washington. They can figure it out. Out on the offensive line. You could slide him over and do something like that. He's a really talented player. Uh, back on the clock, the Eagles. Um, I'm going to give him to Aaron Arnold. Uh, the little bit of defensive back help could really do do the Eagles here. We get towards the end. We're on the clock again. We have uh, San Francisco after just getting decimated um, against the uh, Ravens, who will be picking 32nd. Uh, I think I think, personally, I would like to give them um, a a defensive back here in this position. I'm actually going to go with Kamari Lassiter, um, the corner from Georgia. He's done some outside-inside flexibility, plays in the box. He's done some things about uh, that way, and I think some uh, gritty... LCC kind of corner could make a lot of sense for them. Final pick. Uh, it's easy for me. It's the Ravens. Uh, it's a wide receiver um, because outside of Zay Flowers, they're not getting anything. Um, I really like Ladd McConkey here, but the one that makes the most sense for me uh, is probably Keon Coleman. He's, he kind of lives in these big play situations. Um, I just think he's a highlight reel. Six four two fifteen. Um, just matches well to complement Zay Flowers in the in the the uh, what he does from the slot and as a, a smaller player. So that is it. That's version one of the mock draft. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you hate. I'll be back next week to talk about. Um, defensive tackles and where I have them ranked and, and how it might fall in the draft. And uh, appreciate you all for being here. The podcast grows each week, and I'm just thankful that you've decided to give some of your day to me. I will talk to you guys again next time. Until then, enjoy, enjoy your friends, enjoy your family, enjoy your football. We'll see you next time.